Welcome to Biz Takeouts, Biz Community's sound bite-sized business news to go. I'm your host, Ritendo Nyamuda, and today we are recording live from AfricaCom 2019. Coming up on the Takeouts menu, board member of African Women in Payments Network, Lebohang Mokhaburi. It's time for Biz Takeouts. African Women in Payments Network is an association of women in payments as well as fintech um, across the continent, across Africa. So there is an European Women in Payments and Fintech Network already, and then we established an African Women in Payments and Fintech Network in Africa, which consists of founders, Fintech um, female founders, consists of women um, in the Fintech uh, profession or payments profession. So, you know, um, the head of uh, Sub-Saharan Africa for Visa is part of the network. The head of Merchant Payments and Standard Bank is part of the network. So all women who are playing in that ecosystem of payments are part of it. And what is the purpose of this network? So the purpose is really women coming together and supporting each other and collaborating beyond the support and being of sisterhood, but really collaborating and doing business together. So, you know, a woman in South Africa may want to do business in Kenya, right? And this network is such a powerful network that I'm looking for this this technology in Kenya. Can you help me? Can you help me and introduce me to the right people? Or I'm looking to expand into Egypt. What advice do you have? I mean, recently we're having a discussion of, you know, there's investors who are looking to fund women founders. Do you have any? So we, we really collaborate and some people partner. The focus is just for women. Why is the focus on just women? And why isn't just a network for people in payments in yes. general? Yes. So we've noticed there is a shortage of, of women in tech in general, which is quite known. There's a shortage of women in tech. There's a shortage of women in fintech. There's a shortage of women in payments. So as women, we, we're working in silos all over the place but when we come together there's magic and there's a collaborative strength right sometimes this industry is really difficult technology is really difficult um, just by nature right and if we're all working by ourselves it's, it's even harder. So there's more strength when we come together and collaborate and learn from each other. I mean, we've all he- heard of all boys clubs and, you know, boys um, go for whiskey or boys go for golf. Why as women can we not come together and do something and do business together beyond just hugging each other, but let's do business together. You've spoken about the lack of women in these industries, in tech, in payments. What are some of the biggest challenges or barriers for women to enter these industries? The one thing, I mean, as female generally and I can even talk of for myself we, we sometimes don't believe in ourselves for some reason, either because of cultural biases or societal biases. We don't back ourselves. We don't put our hands up when opportunities are presented themselves. There are stats that say, you know, when a man has 40% of the qualification, he applies for a role. A woman waits until they have 100% of the qualification before they apply. That's one. Another thing is we really like investing on, on mentorship as women, but we don't sponsor each other. So there's a need. Um, one of the barriers is that um, women need to sponsor each other. So for example, if you're in a leadership position and something comes up, suggest another woman and say, I think this, I think Lebo is ready. Let's put Lebo in the opportunity, right? Um, that, needs to, that, that needs to be an investment. Another barrier to entry is, is really, it is quite a hostile environment. And there are biases that I spoke about, and we need to almost confront those biases. You know, so have a conversation of diversity is one thing, and quotas is one thing, and representation is the first step. But the next step is inclusivity. By inclusivity, I mean an inclusive culture. 
And by that, I mean, let's recognize our differences and recognize our, the strength in our diversity, right? Recognize that a woman has emotional intelligence, so most likely she will be a better leader because ultimately businesses are run by people and women understand people actually better than men. So most likely a woman will be a better leader. Let's recognize the value of a woman in leadership. And you've spoken about the diversity, inclusivity, and quotas. Why is that so important to have as a frame of mind? Because sometimes people are so quick to say, but isn't that unfair? The reality is the world, 50% of the population in the world is women. Even in South Africa, the stats say actually 50% of the population in South Africa is women. So in order to serve the population of your consumers, you need to then have leaders and representation of the population across the board. It's just by, by nature, it's not even about, oh, um, you need to have women because women are better or they, they're better leaders. That's true. But that's, it's not even that. It's just that as a company, you are servicing 50% of the population. And without that representation in your decision making, you're not going to win. There are even stats that show you are more profitable as a company if you have lead, women leaders across the board. Wow. So it's a, it's, a, it's a business decision. It's not just because it's a nice to have. It's a good business decision to have women across the board. Also, the more women you have across the board in leadership positions, you'll encourage more when, women to come in, right? And your decision-making. I mean, in certain companies that are relevant, women, for instance, are the largest consumers, actually. They consume the most. We, we all know. Our mothers are the people that make the buying decision, generally, right, in the home. So in order to service them, have women who actually can understand that buying behavior. What does the world look like where we don't have the diversity, where we don't look like the, at the quotas, where we don't have women inclusion, where we're not making a conscious effort to be more inclusive? Wow, now you've got me thinking. <laughs> Um, what does the world look like? Probably like war. <laughs> world War One and World War Two. That's what it looks like. I would think. Um, I think an an environment where the most the mothers are not part of the economic decisions is is probably a risk to chaos and and just people not feeling part participating economically. I think is a problem. I think reality is that things have changed. Um, women have have had more opportunities now and more represented, and they need to be become economically active but across the board. What does the world look like without it? Um, yeah, it's chaos, man. Mm. It's chaos. That's the easiest way to explain it, but you've definitely given me something to go research. How are you feeling right now? Are you feeling quite positive about the way South Africa and Africa is moving forward with women, with connectivity, with women in tech, with women in pay systems from an inclusivity perspective? Are you feeling like people are more accepting of the steps taking forward? Are you feeling that there is some resistance? Do you feel there is an incredible amount of work that one still needs to do? Or do you feel the steps that are being taken are correct? So I'm feeling positive about the fact that the, the, the challenging discussions are happening. The misrepresentation, the injustices that are happening in companies are being spoken about. We know of the stories that happened in Uber. We know of the stories that are coming out of San Francisco of injustices towards women. I think it's really good that we are highlighting what has been happening for a number of years. And the first, when conversations start happening across the board, um, it's good because it encourages others who are not having the conversation to step up. That's one. Number two, um, I think what's also important is, that, I mean, we've seen it with in San Francisco, is the impact that it has on the company's um, stock price, right? It literally affects your business when it starts being highlighted that this is wrong. 
right? I think that's good. How also um, companies are responding or how people are responding to it, that this is bad, you can't do this. So that's a good thing. I'm also feeling positive that there's a, a lot more. I mean, the CEO of Revlon now is a woman. The CEO of PepsiCo, I think, is a woman. So there's a lot more women um, in really influential and large companies, right, across the world, which is encouraging. Um, that's also a good thing. However, it's unfortunate that the same conversations or the same battle that my mother faced are the ones that I'm facing. So that can be discouraging. I remember as a little girl listening to my mother, you know, complaining or that she's the only woman in the board or the only woman wherever, only woman wherever. And yet myself in, in the companies I've, I've been part of, I've been part of Visa, I've been part of NetBank, I've been part of Jamalta, which are highly technical companies. I have also been in teams where I'm the only woman. So it's quite sad that that's still the case. And I hope my daughter won't be saying the same thing. So I also hope that we won't be celebrating being the only woman because what we should be celebrating is that we are 10 women in this room. That's what we should be celebrating. Even as women, let's stop celebrating that I'm the only one because that's not progress, actually. What are we doing to extend the pie and make it bigger for everybody to be part of it? You're talking about something that is incredible. This is generational. You're at a level where you're sitting with some of the top women in companies on the boards, but it's taken a journey to get there. You, you don't just wake up and you're there. You don't just leave university and you're there. It takes a journey. What message do you have for women who are either just starting up their companies, who are in middle management positions, who are wanting to get to the, to the places where they can be in a position to start pulling people up, start bringing people up to their level? Something that Oprah said and that I've never forgotten is that excellence shines a light on you, right? So if you are excellent at what you do, um, your time to shine will come. So stay focused, work hard, and be excellent. That's the first thing. It's not about highlighting the fact that you're black or a woman, but excellence actually shines a light on you. That's one thing. Another thing is seek out sponsors. Um, and I'm very careful about my words, not mentors. Seek out sponsors. Seek out people who will invest in your learning and actually open the door for you. Right? And those sponsors can be male or female, by the way. Seek out sponsors um, and put yourself out there. Right? Have the discussions, ask the questions, take the risk. So I'll talk a little bit about my career. Is When I started, I mean, I started at NetBank and Deloitte, um, but after my MBA, I then joined Fundamo, a company that I'd not heard of before. Right? So Fundamo is a mobile payments company that commercializes mobile money and enables financial inclusion throughout the continent. And I hadn't heard of this company before, joined them. Um, and then I remember they put me in training for a month on mobile money, training me on mobile money, took me to Kenya. And then they said, I think after a month, you're ready to go to Pakistan. We are sending you to Pakistan to go commercialize mobile money with a bank um, there. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is scary. Of course, I had never been to Pakistan. I'd never been to Karachi or Lahore. But I took the opportunity and ran with it. Right? I mean, even Richard Branson says, if an opportunity presents itself to you, forget about whether you're ready or not, you'll learn as you go. And that's exactly what I did. So I'd also encourage people that when the door opens, walk in and shine. Right? So I went to Pakistan, did the work, and after that, then more work happened. I went to Nigeria, I did work in Nigeria, I did work in Kenya, I did work in Tanzania, and I was traveling on my own largely, right? And you'll, you'll get the traction as you go, right? Is it scary? Yes. <laughs> Right? But whilst it's scary, you get sponsors, you get the support, you cry if you have to, and you do the work. You carry on and do your work. 
we focus on your goal, understand what are you trying to achieve, right? Be very clear about what are you trying to learn and focus on learning. Focus on learning whether it's technical abilities, technical capabilities, focus on learning and doing the work and then doing it well. This is Africacom 2019. How has your experience been and what were you hoping to gain from this year's Africacom? My experience at Africacom, I have enjoyed it. I've been coming to Africacom and speaking for a number of years now is that I saw there's a center stage on women, um, a focus on, on women in technology, and it's front stage, it's a big stage on women in technology. That is fantastic. Um, what I hope, though, um, and a call to action even to AfricaCom, is that can we get to a point where we're having that discussion as part of the AI discussion? We're having that discussion as part of the core technology discussion. Let a discussion with men and women be discussing the value of having women leaders. Let men have that, that conversation. I'm looking forward to that time. But it's a great, AfricaCom is a great place where people in technology, people in fintech, and the whole ecosystem of technology come together. It's a great place to form networks, to collaborate, um, and even spark ideas. That's fantastic. I've met fantastic people here from all over the world, which is always awesome. And that's a wrap on today's show. Biz Takeouts. Take it where you like it, when you like it, how you like it.